just get the show on the road. Welcome to Scrolling, episode 117. It's 2024. Mm-hmm. Joining me as mm-hmm. always, Davia Starjumper. How's it going, man? How's it going? <laughs> uh, you know, it's going. It's going pretty good. You know, the we're it's a new year. It's the first episode of the new year, and um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. things are going. <laughs> things are going. They're they're moving. Uh, time is is moving, and we're breathing. You're uh, back on the mainland now. You've been yep. on vacation. Vacation right? went went flawlessly, uh, <laughs> as you could guess. Um, <laughs> No, actually, I went on a cruise. Uh, it was a great, it was a great uh, seven-day cruise uh, mm-hmm. all around the Caribbean. Uh, went to Belize, uh, Mexico, Honduras. It was actually really good. I actually didn't get sick. Uh, we left out of New Orleans. And so Sunday, we made the 10-hour drive back home. And I didn't actually get sick until that 10 hour drive. Like as I was driving, like hour by hour, I kept getting a little bit worse and a little bit worse. Man, just something at the very tail end of that trip. Gotcha. Something at the very end. I felt great Sunday morning. Like Sunday morning was, I felt wonderful. But maybe a snack you grabbed on the trip home or something. I don't know. I was something, something was brewing. Something was brewing. (laughs) <laughs> that makes it sound not pleasant at all uh, <laughs> yeah listen listen listeners can tell Dave is not feeling well so if he's not uh super loquacious this episode mm-hmm, try to mm-hmm. be understanding he's trying to save his voice a little bit I'm going for like a, a Michael Jordan flu game or a, a Leslie Nope flu speech for any Parks and Recs fans out there you know okay, I'm I, one of those two there I watched Parks and Rec back in the day but that's not ringing a bell Gotcha. In my mind. Gotcha. But anyway, let's talk about some Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, we've been off for a month, so we got to get back into the groove here and kind of remember how to do a podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I was hoping there might be some news about what's going to be happening in Q1 or just in 2024 or whatever. Nothing yet. But uh, just today, actually, there was a news article published on the official website. It's the 2024 Global Reveal event. It's like an announcement for that event. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's going to be Thursday, January 18th, 4 o'clock Eastern. It's going to be following the Xbox Developer Direct uh, stream, twitch.tv slash Bethesda. So that's when we'll get the first peek at uh, what's in store for 2024. You know, we'll yeah. probably get uh, an idea of the Q2 chapter and, you know, where that's going to take place, what race is going to be focused on, if there's going to be a new skill line or whatever. We got um, some news about the news. Yeah, news about upcoming news. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No idea about what's in store. Uh, there are some rumors. I don't even know if I should mention it, but I will. Sure. There are some rumors that uh, that maybe it's spellcrafting. You know, I mean, that's been rumored before, but I kind of have a sense that it's a little bit more of a substantial rumor this time. Uh, but who knows, really? But who knows? maybe we'll see. One thing I thought interesting about that announcement is that when it was talking about the new zone, it said a a, a new zone, yet a familiar zone. Interesting hint Ooh. there. Well, like, what does that mean? Like, we're familiar with it, but it's new. Interesting. Okay, that's interesting. Well, you know, like, a Telvani Peninsula kind of fits that description, wouldn't you say? I Kind of sem- familiar, but... but yeah, I, I wonder if they're trying to say it's, like, from past... Uh, Elder Scrolls games, but like oh, I feel like, like a place we've been in previous games. Yeah, but like we've, I feel like we've been to all those, unless they're going to 
the Nordland again, which I'm okay with. But if they're, I just, I don't know if they I mean, would go Skyrim again. But you know, you've seen my ESO map; it's very specific. We've done Skyrim pretty recently. I think that that would be surprising, but yeah, you never know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that'll um, uh, that'll happen before the next episode. So on the next episode, we'll talk all about it, and that'll be exciting, I'm sure. I thought we could just maybe talk about things that we're hoping might happen just for Q1, not not for like the sure. whole year, but just for the first patch of the year where some things we think maybe could happen or we'd like to see happen. Um, one thing I've been thinking of lately is, um, you know, they've been kind of going around doing this both bars treatment for like passive things like, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Nightblade cloak ability gives you your crit buff on both bars while slotted. Yep. I don't know if this would cause like major balance problems or whatever, but I th- I kind of th- think it would be nice if they just did that across the board. Anything that gives you something while slotted, it's on both bars. You yeah. know, like Camo Hunter, Mage Light, all that kind of stuff. I agree with that. I think that would be a really good change. I- I'm with you. I don't know if that would cause major balance issues, but I do really like the idea of it. That That'd way you don't nice. have to that worry would... about, and it frees up so much bar space. Yeah. One one I- big concern I could see with that is like a like. I think a lot of times people will forego having a major crit buff on their back bar. Like you'll just put camo hunter on your front bar. That's your crit buff. Yeah. And I just won't worry about having a crit buff when I'm healing. It's fine. Uh, but if suddenly you do have that crit buff on both bars all the time, that's a, that's a major buff to healing in an, in an yeah. already very tanky meta. Could lead to a lot more, a lot more healing. There's a concern. KDMS and Zemo. Welcome guys. Thanks welcome. Welcome. <laughs> This is just yeah. my new, this is my new voice, Zemo. It's just how I talk now. <laughs> yeah, he got he got sick on his way home from vacation. Can you believe mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. At least you got to have a nice vacay, though. Like That's he didn't true. get sick during the thing. That at That's, least you know silver yeah. lining. There is silver lining there. The vacation, like I was healthy all all the time, and then the day driving back was when I got sick. If I had to choose, that would be when I would choose to be sick. Yeah, yeah. When would you get sick? At the beginning, middle, or end? Got to choose the end every time. Anyway, um, <laughs> oh, another thing I think would be nice is if they did some like uh, update to like description texts, like anything that says like something that applies to all nearby enemies. Like, how nearby are we talking here? Is that yeah. ten meters? Is that eight meters? I want specifics, people. Give us specifics. some distance. Give us some yeah. distance. There's too many examples of that, of like sets and abilities or whatever. It's like, I want to know exactly what that does. And it's very vague in the description. I'd like to see something like that. Uh, a reliable burst heal for a sorcerer that doesn't rely on being double slotted on both bars, like the matriarch would be nice. Mm. Those are things I'd like to see. What if they did the, you know, you're talking about both bar. What if pets didn't take both bars anymore? Ooh, now that's a, there's a solution to that right there. Yeah. yeah. Just make the, Make the matriarch one bar slottable, and it stays out there. Like you'd still have to switch back to the bar, the the bar it's on to recast it. But once you have it out there, it's just out there. I could see that being uh, a yeah, good solution for sorcerers right there. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Zemo says ASMR voice. <laughs> it is nice. You need to get sick more often. Dude. Uh, yeah, just keep getting sick for episodes. Like this is the yeah. popular voice. People want more of this voice. We're going to like start keeping like a lab of like strains you haven't been exposed to yeah. yet. So you can keep, keep getting, getting sick. sick, you know, to keep your voice this way. <laughs> <laughs> Everything for the pod, right? <laughs> All for the pod, people. All for the pod. Um, 
the probably the biggest Q1 wish I would like is uh, one that you had mentioned on past episodes, but I really like the idea of kind of just starting. Like I, I think Q1 could be a start, but like it'd be great if it was kind of a, a group every quarter of just taking old sets and just doing like quick updates, like sets that nobody yeah. uses anymore. Like pick three to five sets, do a quick update to make them somewhat usable. Um, yes. And then just kind of give a, a small group of sets each quarter. Like that would be awesome. I think that would be a lot of fun. I think even in the past, Q1 has been a time that they've done that. So yeah, that'd be great if they did that again. Yeah, I think that'd be really good. That's kind of my biggest. Uh, I mean, you know, my Q1 wish is uh, obviously always Skyrim, but you know, the you yeah. know, there's a chance of it. I guess I, I really didn't think there was a chance, but um, apparently. Some of the rumors that I have seen is that it could be potentially a winter hold, which is like the the magic, very magic focused Nord, uh, like Mage Guild magic, very magic focused. Because they did say it's going to be a continuation from the the, the cliffhanger that the last year was going to be. So mm, okay, okay. See, I haven't I haven't really kept up with those details at all. Um, and I was trying to think of like if there was any like dungeon stuff i would like to see or any like particular armor sets i'd like to see i couldn't really think of anything mm-hmm. but of course we'll probably get dungeons and new armor sets and all that kind of stuff uh, i just couldn't think of any that i would like to have i mean i already yeah. have wretched so what else do i need <laughs> what, what um, else that's it's always exciting to see the new sets you know always exciting to see the new mythics like they're always yeah. interesting we'll, we'll see what happens yeah yeah as far as what's been going on, Davis, I know you haven't really been playing much. Um, you had a lot going on with work and vacation mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. Uh, one thing that has been going on since the last time we had a podcast is uh, we've started doing these new weekly guild events, these battleground events. We we're calling them the Goon Wars. Mm-hmm. And it's like um, an organized event where people sign up and uh, and I and, and kind of a group of people sort of assign them into teams. We we really painstakingly uh, balance the teams and make sure they're all as as evenly matched as we can make them. And so far, it's it's worked out pretty well. Yeah, I think it's been a huge success. Like I like yeah. you said, I haven't been on a much lately, but I I did make the first two Goon Wars. Yes, uh, yes, and so much fun. Like truly, oh, so much wow. fun. A lot of um, conversation, talking with great players. You know. Um, fun trash talk, you know, it was, it's been a lot of fun, a lot of really cool, good players playing. I, um, I have to give a massive shout out. He's in the chat right now. Uh, Zemo, great friend of ours. Uh, he kind of deserves a lot of the credit for this even happening. Cause, uh, he, he joined the guild and immediately Zemo, Zemo and I kind of became fast friends and have just kind of been talking all about builds and stuff ever since. And, uh, he really sort of pushed for this event to take place and he and i started bouncing ideas back and forth on what it might look lo- what it might look like and all that sort of stuff and it just kind of started happening out of that um so thank you zemo for kind of giving me that nudge and helping uh come up with the the idea for the whole thing really great uh so yeah everyone signs up they get assigned to teams um we play like three or four games we have a scoring system whichever team has the most uh kills total at the end wins and we have some kind of bonus prizes based on you know how many matches you win and we we vote for an mvp and that person gets uh an an additional prize as well and um it's all very kind of light spirited the prizes are pretty small you know so the stakes are not uh super high Mm -hmm. um 
And yeah, it's just been fun. A, a lot of people have been using it as a like a test bed for build ideas because it's like it's kind of a perfect amount of sweat because it's a mm. lot of great players and they're organized to a degree, but they don't know who their teammates are going to be until like a day before the event starts. So they can only kind of plan so much, you right. know? And so it's kind of like this medium level of sweat, you know, it's like, it's kind of just right. In, in my opinion, it's, it's really nice. So a lot of people have, have been using that to like test build ideas and stuff to see if this is really a viable build in, in truly intense games. I've been enjoying seeing that. And you see, like, as we're leading up to the event, you'll you'll just be joining the solo queue and you'll see people that have signed up. They're in there testing builds out and getting ready for the event and practicing and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's just fun. It's neat. Yeah, it has been. It's been a huge success. A whole lot of fun. Yeah. But yeah, the Goon Wars have been great. So we were doing it every single week. And it's it's actually been a lot of work to organize the whole thing. And it occurred to me. You know, we've been taking a break from the podcast, but we're starting that back up soon. And, and that's mm. that's a lot of work, too. And yeah, that's going to be a lot. For me. <laughs> yeah, so, that's a good uh, point. That's a great point. So we're actually doing the Goon Wars every other week, the weeks in between the podcast weeks. That's that's what we're doing going forward. One of the things I would say is like even though even the Goon Wars that I wasn't in, it's still really fun to like keep up with them and like see how the results were and see how people do like. Even mm -hmm. if you don't sign up for it, it's still fun to kind of keep up with. And um, we've had some um, some people do some recordings, which is you know awesome that people are doing that. But it's it's been really really cool. Yeah, and we've experimented with different rule sets. Like um, you know, we've had some games where anything goes, just bring whatever you want. We've had like no healer nights. Uh, actually, this next one next week coming up, it's Sorks and Nightblades only, and no healers. We're just trying different things. I think we might have a brawler night sometime. It's going to be a lot of kills in that one. <laughs> yeah. And there'll be plenty of nights where it's just normal and there's no, you know, just bring sure. like a normal team comp and whatever. But, um, yeah, so that's, that's the latest goings on here lately. Uh, it's been a blast. Otherwise, you know, kind of the same old BG, same old meta that we had been talking about. Nothing's really changed in that regard. Uh, the same old proc sets, uh, Arcanists are super duper duper strong. Um, you know, I don't know. Nothing, nothing much has changed really since the last time we, we <laughs> talked all about the BGs. We did the, the big BG report and all that not too long ago. And I think all that stuff pretty much still stands. Mm -hmm. So we have, um, I thought for the new year, 2024, we could kind of get a, kind of a rundown of the builds that we have, you and me, uh, that we're feeling really good about. Uh, this is kind of, we're starting the year with, with these builds ready to roll. I thought we could start the year right with talking about old Betsy, um, my main, my stamina Templar. She's old as Betsy. perfect as ever. And um, I've talked about her build a lot. Actually, the, the main build that I use in the solo queue, it hasn't changed at all since the last several times I talked about her. Uh, however, since we've been doing these goon wars, I've, um, I've put together a more team-oriented, kind of pre-made, focused version of her build, and it's really really awesome it's actually even good as a solo build too so that setup is uh rallying cry as a double bar set mm. wretched vitality on the back bar with a bow uh black rose dual wield on the front bar gaze of sithis mythic helm and one piece magma incarnate so a really a very basic you know kind of meat and potatoes kind of build but uh, actually that that works really well in a templar and actually, Rallying Cry and Wretched Vitality, that's basically the meta healer setup right there. 
This isn't a healer build. It's just a bunch of stats, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. it's perfect for the way Betsy plays because it's it's similar to a healer in that she uses a lot of resources, you know, and uh, and she needs a lot of stat density to to do what she does. And so it works out really well. I like wearing a rallying cry because that basically just frees up the healer to to not wear rallying cry and and we can just have a more benefit to the group. Maybe they can wear gossamer or mm. a powerful assault or something like that. Yeah, that's a great point. And then for the offense, for for the group setup, I kind of have moved away from focusing on the stacking AOE pulses thing. There still is a little bit of that going on, but it's not such a a, a focus. So uh, I'm using reflective light, deadly cloak, jabs as the spammable. I have the javelin instead of toppling charge. I do use the beam on the group setup. I have to. Listen, if you're coming to the sweaties, you got to bring just whatever's going to get the job done. Got to bring that beam. I had to get over my hang up with the beam for the for the sweaties. Like if I'm bringing a Templar and I'm not bringing the beam, I'm just holding my team back. Mm. So I just had to get over that. And then one really significant change that I think is uh, has been really meaningful in the build uh, as far as these pre-mades go is using the Meteor Ultimate instead of Crescent Sweep. Oh. Crescent Sweep is awesome. I love Crescent Sweep. And when I'm playing solo, I'm all about Crescent Sweep. But when I'm in a group like that, uh, Meteor hits really hard. It's really great to just coordinate that with an ult dump with your team and stuff like that. But more importantly, I actually like that it's a lot more expensive because as I'm saving up for it, I I hit my back bar defensive ultimate first, and then I have the option to use that instead if we really need to. So it's more of a support kind of decision in the build. You know, I I choose a a more expensive offensive ultimate so that if I need to use my defensive ultimate, I can. Gotcha. So I like that. Uh, speaking of the defensive ultimate, I am using the, um, uh, what's it called? The practice incantation. Oh, nice. Been using barrier for the longest time on old Betsy. Finally put on practice incantation. I'm never going back. It's such a strong heal. It's so good. And it's the one where you can move around while it's casting. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. super strong. When I, when I need it, if I can, I want to, I cleanse, cast a vigor, then do the ultimate, and I'm absolutely not going to die as long as I do that. I love that you're using that. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's great, and it's a really good team heal as well. Yeah, it's it may be the strongest AOE heal in the game. I uh, gotta be, gotta be, yeah. So yeah, her uh, her defensive kit is Extended Ritual, Honor the Dead, Resolving Vigor. Uh, the Rune Armor Buff also gives you a really strong heal over time. That ultimate I was just talking about, she gets major evasion from Deadly Cloak, which is hugely significant. Um, and then another big change I've made to her recently is I went ahead and did it and put every single one of those attribute points into her health pool. Yep. So she's sitting at like 37k health um, before Warden buffs. Once a Warden's in the picture, she's, she's up in the ballpark of 40k. Very, very survivable with this setup. With uh, with Rallying Cry and, and kind of everything else going on in this build, I seriously feel like I can just saunter into the danger zone and just you know what's up fellas you know like, i don't i'm really not afraid of anything with this setup it's a, it's a pretty fun way to play just because i feel so confident anyway that's old betsy's group setup so continuing with starting off the new year right davius lord of nords what's going lord on with nords. him man you're you're talking about your your main so i'm i'm gonna follow that up with talking about my main lord of nords yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet because I don't know how much voice I have left, but sure. we'll, uh, we're going to see how long it'll go. Um, but really, yeah, I mean, Lord of Nords uh, haven't really changed him since the last time I talked about him. The, the build is the Basalt Blooded Warrior, um, two-piece Blood Spawn, the Black Rose Dual Wield, uh, one-piece Trainee, 
one piece Drude's braid and then the oaken sole. Um, the, uh, the bar setup is I actually use whirling blades as my spammable. Um, and then I use quick cloak, uh, for the, obviously the black rose dual wield. And then I use cinder storm to proc the basalt blooded warrior. Uh, and then I use deep breath and coagulating blood. And then obviously ferocious leap for the alt. Um, and he's been, I mean, he's, he's everything, you know, I think I said this last time, but he's everything I've ever wanted him to be. Um, he gets an insane amount of leaps, um, in a BG now he is just leaping all over the place. KDMS um, can attest. <laughs> KDMS <laughs> knows. Um, but it's, it's just been fantastic. My, probably my favorite part to him is he's just kind of my, uh, obviously he's my main, but he's just kind of my plug and play. Like. If I'm going to jump in, you know, the solo queue or um, group queue or the Goon Wars, like he's kind of my best option because he can kind of just plug and play on any team. Um, he's a brawler. He can take a lot of damage. He's very survivable with the leap. He's got a lot of AOE damage and a lot of crowd control and that really helps out the team. Those leaps happening so often, like those really can kind of um, be a lifesaver in a defensive sense that, you know, if they're, if a team's kind of trying to go all in and, and, plan um you know uh, an attack where they're timing everything up you can kind of leap and just kind of throw everybody out of there and it kind of resets and and throws people off so yeah um he's been really great just kind of a, a good all-around plug-and-play character uh he's got good damage very very brawly uh good survivability um and the whirling blades as a spammable is kind of it's kind of weird but it, it kind of works it just makes the build a little bit easier in the sense that you know, if there's people with low health, just keep hitting the spammable. <laughs> that's, yeah. you know, just yeah. keep that deep breath and the whirling blades going. And that's kind of the, the damage of the build. Uh, and then just always make sure that you've got the, the quick cloak up and the cinder storm on the ground. Um, and the whole build just seems to kind of uh, feed off itself and it, it works together really, really well. Yeah, it's kind of just like this perfect symphony of a, of a build. <laughs> just everything's just right. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, that's how Betsy is for me, too. It's just like, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I, I can just log in with Betsy if it's pre-maids or solo queue or whatever. So it's going to work out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, so my next build that I have to talk about is Tane. Um, I stay Sork, and he's actually been on a bit of a journey since we last talked. He's I've had multiple versions of his build that I've been trying out. And actually, there's been multiple times that I've thought like, uh, this is the build. I finally found it. Uh, but I think I really finally have settled <laughs> this on... This time you uh, mean it. It's for real this time. Yeah, this time I, I really do think I mean it. And, and it may surprise you. It is uh, Dark Convergence as a double bar set. That is surprising. Wretched Vitality on the back bar. That part's not. That part's not. <laughs> that part is not surprising with a bow. Uh, Asylum Dual Wield front bar. Gaze of Sithis Mythic Helm and One Piece Magma. So pretty standard setup for me, except Dark Convergence. Uh, I've used it before, but never really on a Sork. Man, I'm really loving Dark Convergence with the Negate Ultimate. It's just a beautiful combo, man. They belong together. I actually have always had a really hard time using Negate effectively, uh, but you throw Dark Convergence into the picture and it's a completely different thing. Hmm. So, so, so good. Uh, especially for like really brawly fights, like where it's really hard to kill some people, man, a, a well-placed negate can just absolutely change the landscape. Stops all those heals. Yeah. Yeah. It just shuts those heals down. It shuts a lot of things down, you know, like the, the dark convergence pulls people in and then, you know, because of the negate, they can't cast any magica abilities. So like 
if it's a sork, they can't streak out of there or like they, no one can cast race against time to, to sprint out of there. Mm. Uh, I can't cast heals. It's just, there's just a lot of things that you're taking away from them. Uh, and you're pulling them all the way into the direct center of that thing. So they have the maximum distance to travel to, to get out of there. So anyway, so his, his basic combo is just a uh, haunting curse, rapid strikes and spin to win. Very, very simple. Um, so, you know, just like a typical, like one V one fight, that's really all you're doing. But then at the same time we have bombard and streak. Uh, so bombard is a, that bow ability. It's an AOE root. And then we have streak, of course, which is an AOE stun. And we're basically just alternating back and forth between those two every few seconds. Uh, because, of course, roots and stuns, they're on two different cooldowns. So you can root someone and then immediately stun them afterwards and vice versa. So the whole game is to just be keeping them locked down, either with a root or a stun, basically permanently, the, the entire fight. So, so you're doing that cursed rapid strikes spin to win. But then in between that, you're bombarding. Like, like when you bombard, do a combo. By the time that combo is finished, you can streak to stun them. Try another combo. By the time that combo is finished, you can uh, root them again. Do another mm. combo. By the time that combo is finished, you can stun them again. You know, you just keep doing that. And that's, that's what the build does. Yeah. All the while, you're just zipping and zapping everywhere. Yeah, you know, you got to bob and weave. And it's not exactly like that all the time, you know. But in general, that's, the, that's what you're trying to do. Sure. And then we have our big secret weapon with the, the negate plus dark convergence when we're re really ready to, to go for the big kill. Uh, either could be one single target or multiple targets. You know, I try to save it for big groups, but if there's just one target that I really want to kill them, <laughs> it, it'll do it. It will do it. This one's a really annoy you. It's time. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's, the, that's basically the build. It's very utility focused. It's a, it's a CC bot. Uh, the, the damage isn't really the point of the build. The, the, the combo really hits fairly hard. I mean, haunting curse, rapid strike, spin to win with a fair amount of crit and penetration. There are some one V one fights that, you know, that might not be enough damage to kill them, but that's not really the point of the build. It's a group focused build. Your goal is to keep enemy teams locked down as much as possible while trying to take out targets at the same time, using those spin to wins to take out any low health targets. And then when it's time for the ult dump, you have that secret weapon. Uh, super fun in both team, in both uh, like pre-made comps and in, uh, in solos, even just as a solo build, it works extremely well. This is actually, over the past month, the build that I've been playing with the most by far, even including Old Betsy. So, strongly recommend that, that way of playing a Stam Sork with the Bombard and Streak uh, kind of thing going like that. Very, very fun way to play and very effective. That's Maybe the most value you can bring to a team as a Stamsork, I would think. Always good to see Tane Stamsorking. Always good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he's just in stellar shape right now. <laughs> Biggest weakness, I think, of any Stamsork is, uh, is dot builds. If you come across a DK or just anyone that you know has a lot of dots and status effects, just get out of there. Dude, don't even try it. Just go find someone else to fight. That's, that's, my, <laughs> that's my strategy. Like, uh, shout out to Zemo in the chat. Uh, or he's actually gone now, but he has a very dot heavy night blade and when when i'm on my sork if i see him i just say you know what you have fun dude i'm gonna go over here find someone else to fight got other things to do cannot handle those dots on a stam sort all right that's tane davis next up you have bear claw the nord uh actually i'm gonna switch i'm gonna switch this order up a little bit i'm gonna do okay, never already. i'm gonna do never ending nord go first. for it go for it all right um and then i'm gonna do i i guess i would call him a health grow 
Health um, grow. Yeah. The health grow for sure. Um, this is probably the build that I'm just, I've had the most fun with lately, if that makes sense. It's just, it's a very silly build. That's the only way it could be described. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the build is um, Crimson Twilight, um, two piece Lady Thorn, uh, two piece Endurance, um, one Trainee, one Druid's Braid, and Oaken Soul. Uh, and then the bar is set up to be uh, Hungry Scythe, uh, Overflowing Altar, Necrotic Potency, Renewing Undeath, uh, Spirit Guardian, and then the ult is the Ravenous Goliath. Uh, and that's really uh, the key to the build is, is the Ravenous Goliath. That's where things really get interesting um, yeah. with this build. With the um, 90k health and yep. whatnot. <laughs> it gets it gets 90k plus health in the Ravenous Goliath form. Um, and all those set pieces either are giving health or they're uh, health-based proc. And the Hungry Scythe is also a, um, that's what I use as my spammable. It does regular damage, but it has a health-based heal uh, for everybody that it hits, that it heals back to me. So it's incredibly, incredibly survivable. Um, I can't explain the survivability enough. Um, but it also yeah. works really well um, as a support build. Um, the the overflowing altar is a great heal. Um, the renewing undeath is a nice cleanse, but also an AOE heal to teams. It's got the spirit guardian going, and then the the necrotic potency works as a great heal, uh, a survivability tool for the build. But it also is gets very very quick to getting back into that Goliath form. And once it hits that Goliath form, is kind of when it it you know kind of focuses on healing and support. And once you hit that Goliath form, then you kind of focus on pressure. You can still kind of heal through that, but um, the AOE dot from the the sets and the Lady Thorn with that Goliath just starts turning pressure on teams, and so it gets it gets really really fun. But it's just it's a very silly build, but it's very very fun, and surprisingly, um, it's been it's been effective. It's worked out as intended, and I was not super sure it was going to do that. So it's really fun to kind of see it have good results. Yeah, it's cool. It's like a actually effective pvp tank you know it's kind of how i think of it uh, and grizzly Khan says in a chat it's fun to play he made his own version of it i think his is an imperial uh he had some clever name for it too i can't remember maybe you can remind us Grizz. i think it's the in- infinite imperial infinite imperial that sounds right something next build i have to talk about is my own one bar build it's aunt lola she is my warden one bar healer um her setup is uh it's gossamer the ozazan monster set Maelstrom Resto, one trainee and one Druid's Braid, and the and the the Oaken Soul Ring, and uh, Gossamer basically is uh, interchangeable with Rallying Cry. Uh, I find most of the time somebody in the group is already wearing Rallying Cry. The healer doesn't necessarily have to be the one wearing it, but I do have it in the inventory. I can always swap it out if I need to. Uh, that that would take precedent over Gossamer, I think, in most situations if no one else is wearing it. But I mean, I don't really have anything uh, to say about this build other than if you're if you are using Gossamer, you want to try to have at least one ground AOE hot because it um they they tick every one second. The evasion that you get from Gossamer only lasts for one second, um, so sticky hots aren't enough to keep to keep a full uptime. You need mm. uh, you need ground hots. I use healing springs, um, and just keep make sure that everyone is always standing in that while we're fighting, and and that works. I also use um, Radiating Regen, of course, since I'm using the Maelstrom Resto, I have to use that. Uh, Leeching Vines, Grizzly Khan, I think, is the one that was first telling me how great that ability is. I've started using that, and it's a ton of healing. Like, 25% of my overall healing from that one ability 
from once you count the uh like the the life steal and all of that stuff wow it's basically like if you're if you're familiar with the templar bubble that makes them so hard to kill it does the same thing as that but you can cast it on your allies and give it to them huh. uh, so every time they take damage they heal as well pretty nice and then I use the Resto Ult. Uh, I have the Flappy Wings that make me run fast, and I use Polar Wind as my main uh, spammable heal. And it's very, very effective. I got 4.5 million heals in a match. Um, I've used this in one of the, the Goon Wars uh, events. I was one of the healers, and uh, I think most games I did more healing than any other healer, at least as much. I was, you know, competitive, wow. and it's a very simple build, easy to play, one bar, you know, no buff, zero buff management. Nice. Uh, you're just watching those health bars and keeping them full, and that's it. Throwing out those heals. Yeah, it's the only way to heal. I'm sorry. It's just it's the only way to heal. One bar all the way. Yep. Okay, so now Bearclaw the Nord. Now Bearclaw. Now Bearclaw <laughs> okay. the Nord. This is my stamina warden. Uh, you know, if 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 Lord of Nords is kind of my plug-and-play character brawler, and never-ending Nord, the health crow is kind of my healer support build. Bearclaw, he's kind of my kill-secure build. This guy's. He's about dealing uh, damage, high damage, um, in in getting kill secure. I would say he doesn't actually have any any executability, but but he does do the most damage of the characters I have. He puts numbers on the board. He does put numbers up there. <laughs> um, the the build is a, a five piece swamp raider, a two piece Baylorg, the Vatish Rambo, beauty beauty of the build uh, right there. Point blank snipe. Yep, and then two trainee. Uh, and then the bar setup is the uh, lethal arrow for the point blank snipe. Um, and then he does shimmering shield, uh, resolving vigor, uh, sub assault, polar wind, and then toxic barrage uh, for the ult. Uh, and I use that shimmering shield to just constantly try to get that to toxic barrage as quickly as possible, which leads back to Brock and the Baylorg. So just trying to get that as quickly as possible. It works out really well. Uh, the point blank snipe does... Um, just crazy damage. Um, the other part of this build is that it's um, it's survivable with the Shimmering Shield, uh, the Vigor, and the Polar Wind. Um, it's got good AOE damage with the Sub Assault, uh, and it can it can do relatively pretty good group heals with the Polar Wind. I mean, Polar Wind's a great ability. Oh yeah. Um, but it it just kind of a a very condensed um, of all of my one bar builds. This is kind of the one that it's a very condensed. This build kind of has a little bit of everything. Uh, and so it works. It works out really, really well. It's a very complete build. A very like yeah, full toolkit. Everything you need there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Great solo build, I would say. Yeah, I think. it it's a it's great in the solo queues. Um, it, it gets really good numbers, and it um, it just works out really well with the. Uh, it's got plenty of damage with the uh, the point blank snipe and the toxic barrage going off with the sub assault, keeping pressure on teams. Uh, like I said, it's very survivable. Can help out teammates. Get that shield. You got all the heals you need. You got major expedition from from the bow. Mm. Yeah, it's just it's all there. You can help your teammates out when they need it. Yeah, it's a good one bar coverage. I would say, like, yeah, most of the one bar builds I have, you kind of have to sacrifice something or or understand, like, all right, I'm not gonna have this part. But um, of all the builds, this is kind of the one that it kind of checks all the boxes. I love that. I love when you can come up with a a one bar build that you just feel like. I have everything I could possibly need. Why? Why would I ever play two bars with this? Guy? I don't. I don't need any other uh, yeah. skill slots. This is this is all I need. That's that's a good feeling when it's it's that's what's fun about Oaken Soul. I think is you like you have this constraint, and when you can when you can make it work, it's just so fun. And mm -hmm. neat. Mm -hmm. It's a whole different level of theorycrafting for sure. Yeah. 
Last build I have to talk about is uh, is Flossie, my Stam DK. One I haven't really talked about a ton in the past, but uh, she kind of came out of nowhere. I threw a build together for her with uh, some advice for some from some other people that were kind of throwing in their their opinions on what should go into the build. And we have just come up with a an absolute monster of a Stam DK build. Uh, this thing rips. Listen up, Stam DK. Yeah, nice, nice. This is your new build. Uh, <laughs> It's actually it's actually a, a build that a lot of people have been using already. It's not. It's, I don't think it's necessarily <laughs> new. Um, but for anyone who hasn't heard it, this is a, a bread and butter Stam DK build that will get results. I'm telling you. Um, so it's Dragon's Appetite. It's a double bar set. Two pieces blood spawn. Uh, the Master's dual wield on the front bar. Uh, I'm using the Vatishran two hander on the back bar. You can really use any arena weapon on the back bar. Malakath Mythic Ring. One piece trainee. One Druid's Braid. So yeah, you could use a Maelstrom two-hander, Black Rose Prison dual-wield back bar if you want to. Uh, I like the Vatishran two-hander because it gives me that extra weapon damage plus some extra burst when I do that heavy attack. Nice. But you could really use just about anything and it's going to work out fine. But the important part is that Dragon's Appetite, the Blood Spawn, the Master's dual-wield. And then it's just a dot build, uh, which Malakath is really, really good for. Um, so for the Master's dual-wield, I'm using the the Blood Craze morph of the of Rending. Uh, okay. that, that heal that's the one that heals me while it's doing damage and then i'm using the the dk ability uh burning embers which also heals me while doing damage nice dragon's appetite gives me a heal whenever i get the full stacks on that i use the shattering rocks instead of fossilize that heals me whenever people break out of that wow very brawly survivable super duper brawly yeah it's this is those this is the one of those dk builds where you're you're thinking like, how do they keep going? How how do they stay alive? How how does this happening? Like, there's so many like close calls. Like, oh, they got him. He's toast. No, his health bar is full. Suddenly, how? Why? Why? Uh, it's just like it's like a it's like a bunch of little things that just kind of all add up to just somehow make this thing keep going and going and going, and at the same time just shredding kill after kill after after kill. I do three bloodthirsty on the jewelry, of course. Nice. Uh, and I basically just put those three dots on everyone. Uh, so it's rending, burning embers, and then the poison breath for the breach. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And then once I have those three bo- uh, dots on them, I do um, I just spam blood craze. That's the, that's the best spammable, really. And uh, yeah, it's great, man. Just I can't say enough good things about it. Yeah, you just watch them melt. It's, it honestly, you can kind of, for a lot of like squishier targets, you really can just put those three dots on them and walk away, and they'll just kind of die eventually. A lot, a lot of pressure. Really great dueling build. I've always struggled with with DK in general. I've I've never really found a, a DK build that I felt performed the way I wanted it to, while also feeling like a Dragon Knight should. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, this is it for me, man. This is I finally found the build that that is that for me. It's it's and it's actually one that a lot of other people use too. So I'm just kind of relaying the message to to some people who maybe aren't in the know, like I like me, like I wasn't. Was Flossy is Flossy still a Nord? She's a Nord. She's nice. Nord. Beautiful. Yeah. Love to see it. Love I got her. to see it. She looks real mean too. Like she looks like a bruiser. Like you nice. just take one look at her and you just know she's just she's gonna, she's going to throw the sword on the ground and just start punching you. <laughs> she she don't need no weapons. <laughs> so for me, the the builds that I think are missing from this list for me are Nightblade, Necromancer, and Arcanist. I do have builds for those, but I don't feel as like super confident about those as I do for these mm-hmm. others here. Um, so I'm going to try to maybe 
over the course of the next few months, kind of focus on those and see if I can get those whipped into shape. My Nightblade's actually pretty close. Yeah. I, I considered putting Nightblade on this list, uh, but I was like, ah, I think I'm actually not quite like, like I think I'm a Stam Sork. I'm just like in love with that build, you know, change nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do not feel that way about my Nightblade. So I'm going to sit on that for a little bit. So you're missing what? Necromancer, Sorcerer, Archivist? No, I, got, I have uh, uh, I have Oh, Necro. no, you had your Necromancer. My bad. I'm missing bad. Uh, Templar, um, Templar and uh, Sork. Uh, Nightblade and Arcanist. I still haven't made an Arcanist. I don't even have a level one Arcanist. Still don't have one. It's kind of crazy. Think you might make one sometime? Or one one day I will for sure. Probably the next build that's closest to being done for me is my Templar. Me and you have kind of talked through a Templar build that yeah um, I think is going to work out. It's going to be pretty well. Uh, It's going to be good. Uh, And I've just got to do kind of the finishing touches to that. And I think that's going to be the next build that I have quite a bit of fun with. There you go. There, that's the list of builds we have uh, going into 2024 that we're we're ready to to hit the ground running with those those bad boys and girls. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some emails. We have some emails. Scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. That is our email address. You can uh, write to say hello or tell us a joke, ask us a question, make a suggestion for the show, anything you like. Scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, every episode, Davius is going to pick his favorite email of the bunch. And if they're on the PCNA server, we're going to give them some gold. <laughs> um, <laughs> this week, I think we're going to go for 200K. That's, that's how much we're giving away this time. So first email comes from Grizzly Khan. Shout out to Grizzly Khan. Grizzly Khan says, The revival of the Guarplar made me wonder, what legacy builds do you look back upon with the most fondness uh, or what do you wish you could make uh, would make a comeback? Davis, I'll let you go first. You got any ideas for this one? Oh yeah, the first one that comes to mind for me is the the Torx Sork. Oh, Torx Sork. The Torx Sorks were a great time. Me and you were both rocking uh, a Torx Sork build setup, and we 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 had quite a bit of fun. Some pretty good stories. I think our our great sewer fight where we had the you know the the two of us versus gosh i don't know how many people we were going against but we we finally wiped them uh, i think that was the torque the torque sorks uh those yeah. were a lot of fun i always look back at those with a lot of fondness those, that was a fun time there's a con says the bushwhack twins yeah, the bushwhack twins absolutely <laughs> yeah i feel Good like a uh, wretched vitality killed the torque sork or really yeah. just killed killed the torque of tonal constancy really. yeah yeah you just don't need it's a lot easier to get sustained now and and during that time the torque was a great answer for sustain it wasn't oh, as so easy great. to get and uh yeah um yeah torque sork's my answer for sure that was the first one that came to mind my answer is my poor necromancer despair <laughs> who used to be um, a just, nightmare just necromancer People, in general <laughs> yeah Necromancer in general, I, I miss my my necromancer, man. She used to be a menace. She used to step on the battlefield and people cowered in fear. They did not want to deal with despair. Mm-hmm. She lived up to her name. Like she she's everywhere she walked, there were just flowers wilting and everything's just dying. Yeah. That is not what she is anymore. I have a build for her that is functional. It works. When I'm in the mood for some necromancer, it works well enough for me to jump in there and have some fun. But it's not it's not the old despair where yeah. everyone just fears her the way they used to, and I don't think that's going to happen without some some big changes to the class. 
there was a period of time that when things got super sweaty, you would go and grab despair to to turn the tides for us. Oh yeah, we've said it. We said it in the past, like when we were like having a tough time in BGs. I'll make the joke like, "All right, let's win one real quick," and I'll we switch grab, to despair. Yeah, and of course, we, we do. That's despair. exactly what yeah, happened. Absolutely. Uh, that's yeah. That's my answer for sure. Um, which is really just uh, another way of saying buff necro again. <laughs> Next email. Thanks for writing, Grizz. Next email comes from Dudagon. This is a really short one. He says, question for the pod. Quality versus quantity regarding kills in a deathmatch. Kind of an interesting question. I kind of, it kind of stumped me for a second. Like, what does that even really mean? But actually, you know, it's, it's actually a really good question. And I think I actually really am uh, kind of interested in quality kills a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, I think old Betsy, my main is very kind of exemplary of that. You know, she often does not have the most kills, uh, on the team, but she mm-hmm. often is the most impactful on the team as far as like the, whether we win or not. And, um, and I'm also a sucker for just like, a a sweet play, you know, I'm not so, oh, yeah. I'm not so impressed by, you know, if you see someone who gets 30 kills in a death match, Davis, you tell me, are you impressed? It might be fun to see that number yeah i I think it's i think it's like a feel good you know you feel when you get 30 kills in deathmatch you're like all right like this is a feel good but like exactly what you're saying quality over the quantity because um i feel like you know everybody kind of has those matches where you get 20 30 you know 40 kills and you feel great about it but they 75 kills mother of dragons (laughs) there you go (laughs) but i think those are the ones that you kind of easily forget about you know like when you move on but there's a you know if you're in a real sweaty match a lot of good players and you just have a real good score you know maybe you're like seven and one or something like those are the ones you really remember i feel like those ones stick with you yeah and people who do pvp they're just not going to be impressed. You saw someone on a scoreboard where you got 30 and 0. Well, the, the immediate first thought was, okay, you were just stomping a bunch of baby seals. You know, <laughs> no one's impressed, really. Um, but yeah, if you're like you're saying, if you're uh, in a game with some experienced players and, and it's really sweaty and everybody's really having to work for it, and yeah, you get six, seven kills in that match and you, you can feel really good about that. You know, you hung in there with all those, those other heavy hitters and you, you competed with them. So yeah, I, I'm always kind of looking like what, what just kind of seems impressive or feels impressive. You know, if I, if I can have like a, if I land like a really good combo on someone and they, they die because I, I outplayed them, you know, not because they're just some squishy noob that they, they die as soon as you touch them. That doesn't prove anything. So yeah, quality over quantity. Certainly. I certainly think that there's something valid there. Yep. Anything else to add to that, Davius? No, I think I think I hit the nail on the head there. Right. Next email comes from Golden Elf. Golden Elf says, Hi, scrolly boys. Nice. <laughs> My nice. prediction wish for 2024 is spellcrafting, introduced at QuakeCon 2014. Uh, also, I think for regions, something Hammerfell-oriented might be a good way to introduce new players to Redgar lore before the Elder Scrolls VI release. Yeah. That's it. Golden Hill's just saying that's what's what his prediction that's is, spellcrafting, and he's he's thinking Hammerfell is where we're going. What do you think, Davis? Yep. Think he's right? Uh I don't think it'll be Hammerfell, but I do think it'd be really cool if it was Hammerfell. I think that'd be a great yeah. zone to explore. Seems like yeah. the most forgotten about lore in the game so far, I would say. I can see that. Yeah, I've I've heard some murmurs about spellcrafting. That's not the first time I've I've heard that from people and 
I feel like I'm hearing it more than I've heard it in the past, which makes me think it's uh, more of a substantial rumor yeah, this time. Could be possible. I, I have to say, I have to be honest here, like spellcrafting, I'm not super excited about. Maybe, maybe I don't see all the parts of it or the possibilities of it, but like when I think spellcrafting, I'm not super pumped and excited about it. I don't know. I think I'm on an island on that, but. I'm not sure how I feel about it, honestly. I think I'll have to see it and and then form an opinion. Yeah, that's probably a good point. I, I need to see it before I fully form a, a full opinion on it. I need to see what it actually entails and what, what the spellcrafting is actually capable of. Yeah, we saw that there's that old demonstration from, from years ago. You kind of get an idea of what it's like there, but I don't know. It's hard to tell until it's actually here and you can yeah. get your hands on it yourself and see what it can do. And I'm sure... If they do implement that this year, it'll be pretty different from what they showed all yeah. those years oh, ago. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for writing, Golden Elf. Uh, next email is from Dr. Throat Punch. <laughs> Dr. Throat Punch says, Hey there, goons. Dr. Throat Punch here. Big fan of the podcast. I've listened since you guys formed Stoons Goons and always love your content. I really, uh, I really enjoy the enthusiasm you have for PvP and theory crafting, which is clearly evident in your episodes. I also love how, despite the trying times, you two always try to stay positive. He does the hook right. and horns emoji. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks. He says, question for the podcast. I always loved the Harbinger tank style of PvP gameplay back in the day. How would you guys build one today with the current gear and values available? Harbinger tank, He just I think he's just talking about like something that deals damage based on taking damage. I think is, mm. is the idea there. And uh, I don't know, I didn't really go through all the the effort of theory crafting a whole build. I'm really not sure. That does seem like something that would be totally perfect for a, for a necromancer. Yeah. And maybe the Vanguard's Challenge uh, set, which I've actually been kind of tinkering, toying with an idea in my mind using a build with that. But that's the, that's the set where you taunt a player and they do 35% more damage to you but 35% less damage to everybody else. Oh. I don't it's not necessarily a harbinger tank, but it kind of goes along with a similar sort of theme. Yeah. That that's why it's the best I got. I don't know. I don't really have a whole build for you here. <laughs> yeah, my my answer to this is just the the never ending Nord build. I, it's not fully a harbinger tank yeah, style, true. but uh, I think it's kind of in line with it, you know, very tanky. I think it's it fulfills a, tank a similar fulfills yeah. a similar power fantasy, sure. Very sure. very tanky, but can also kind of turn the pressure on. Like a uh, health would, based, um, mm. what was that again? Uh, what were those sets again? Um, they are Crimson Twilight and Lady Thorn, uh, yeah. both both damage based on health. So, in uh, you know, you get that that Necro ult, your health just skyrockets it, and things. That so. might be, yeah, that might be the, like the more effective incarnation of that play style now. You know, I mean, like the the strictly harbinger style of like i take damage i deal damage that might yeah not be super effective these days but something like that that's like health based i think might work out actually pretty well or actually we can clearly see does <laughs> dr throat punch says keep making your awesome content guys dr throat punch thanks yeah. dude he's actually been yeah, in the thanks. discord and making some funny comments here and there good to have him around yeah fantastic next email comes from gary gary says howdy just found your podcast a few weeks ago and love it. Uh, catching up on the backlog of episodes for the past few months, I've been into end game rating, but your podcast has gotten me wanting to get back into PVP. 
I started playing this game for the PvP. I'd love an invite link to the Discord, please, to talk about builds and whatnot. Thanks, y'all. Keep up the good work. You're welcome. I'm assuming we already got him. <laughs> we already got him in the Discord. Yeah, already got the invite nice. sent. Awesome. That's you know, yeah, housekeeping's all done on that end. Yeah, fantastic. And that's all the emails we got. Davis, you got any? Which one's your favorite, man? You know, I think I'm gonna go with just classic here. I think shout out Grizzly Khan. I think I'm gonna go with Grizzly Khan. I like shout the uh, Grizzly Khan. I liked the Guarplar mention. You know, a little little uh, selfish on my part there, but I love uh-huh. I love looking back at kind of uh, builds that we had and uh, ones that really enjoyed that were very certain time. Uh, they're just kind of fun to think back about. Uh, yeah. But one of your builds that I thought about in that was Bad Sally, just when she was just shredding. Oh yeah. Her days of just all, um, man, she used to just murder people. I kind of have resurrected that build, but it's just not what it used to be. Yeah. It still is fun, though. If I have a healer in tow, it yeah. still does work. But yeah, that was, that was peak Malakath time back then. Oh, man. I loved the Malakath meta. I really did. <laughs> Super fun. That's actually probably the most build diversity we've ever had. I mean, I know like Malakath was on every build, but aside from yeah. that, it's like everything else in the build could be completely unique, and it, and it worked because of Malakath. Yeah, everybody had damage to yeah. through Malakath, so everybody was trying out different stuff. That's a great mm-hmm. point. Yeah, all kinds of builds. I really loved it, and and nobody was safe. You could not make a tanky build. Like everyone no, was dying. Damage was damage was the meta of that time. Yeah, and and because of that, everyone was building for damage, mm-hmm. and it was just it was just freaking fun, man. Everyone was killing. Everyone was dying. Loved it. GrizzlyCon 200k coming your way, man. Next time I log in, scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. Send us emails, please. We have a guild. The guild's name is Stoons Goons. It is literally the best PvP guild in the game. Guys, I'm not even kidding. Okay, it's not even a joke. We literally are the best PvP guild on the North on the PC North American server. Maybe the entire game. We're going to go with the entire game. Oh, there we go. We also just so happen to be the best named guild on the PCNA server. We can only speak to the PCNA server for the name because we don't speak those other European languages. They may have some stellar names. We would never know. We would we never can sp- <laughs> We can speak for the North American <laughs> server. It's also the official guild of the Scrolling Podcast. Mm. This is a great guild plug. Uh, mm. We're on PCNA and Xbox NA. If you'd like to join, scrollingpodcast at gmail.com uh, and we'll send you that invite. If your guild list is full or if you're on a different platform, that's okay. Come join the Discord. Everybody's welcome on the Discord. Uh, In-game membership is not required. Everybody on the Discord is a fully-fledged goon. You're welcome to participate in any and everything that we do. Uh, podcast at gmail.com, and we'll get you in there. Yeah. If you'd like to support the show, one easy thing you can do is go to the Apple Podcast app and give us a star rating and especially a written review. If you'd like to go a step further than that, you can go to patreon.com slash scrollingpodcast and sign up to receive Stoon's Boon for $3 a month. It gets you access to a, a number of bonus benefits, including the Booncast, which is an extra solo, shorter podcast that I do on the off weeks, so you get a little something every week. Uh, another way you can help support the show, if you're on the PCNA server, if you're in the guild, just drop stuff in the guild bank. Crafting mats, potions, gold, all that stuff contributes to the podcast you know we make builds all the time we're testing builds all the time and uh that's all ends up being content so that actually helps us out quite a bit 
and at the very least, just come join the Discord and be our friend. Uh, that really benefits the show more than anything. Uh, that's the number one way uh, that anyone can support us is just come hang out with us and and be a part of our community. We uh, we have all sorts of theory crafting conversations. We we talk about all sorts of things. Some of those things become full blown segments on the show. Mm-hmm. At the very least, they inform conversations that we have on the show and and enrich the show quite a bit. Um, and it's just good to have a bunch of friends, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So um, join the Discord, scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. Got a bunch of shout-outs. Shout-out to the chat. Grizzly Khan was the first one in here six minutes early telling us that we were late. The audacity. <laughs> uh, KDMS, Zemo was in here earlier. Thanks, guys, for being here. Yeah. Uh, shout-out to Uncle Sam, Wanted by My Dog, Ricky Bass, Six Zero, Zemo, KDMS, Ironworks, Fanfaronad, Sudica, a bunch of others. We've all just been mm. playing a lot lately. Uh, a bunch yep. of really cool people. I've just been enjoying y'all's company. Yep. I'm going to give a, a special shout out to Old Bearded Gamer. Old Bearded Gamer. Okay. Old Bearded Gamer. He reached out to me about some uh, some Oaken builds, and, and he's putting together some Oaken Soul builds, and we had a fun conversation. And uh, Shout out to him. He was, he was a lot of fun, very kind, and it was fun to kind of share uh, those builds with him. Shout out to Old Bearded Gamer. Uh, shout out to Grizzly Khan, first in the chat, number one oh, fan. Yeah. Thanks, Grizzly Khan. Shout out to the Elder Goons, the OGs. Guys, thanks for being here for so long and for being our friends. I mean that. I really appreciate you. Shout out to our Stoons Boon supporters. Our, our, wait, how do I say this? Shout out to our <laughs> Stoons Boon recipients, our Patreon supporters. Porkbody, Toadster, Gummy Bear, Grizzly Khan, Thomas, Taggard, Mother of Dragons, Sudica, Jim, Maxwell, Derp and Stuff, and we got two new ones, Dudagon and Brewer Man. Nice. I'm getting to a point where awesome. I have to like take a breath to finish the list. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, That's fantastic. Great. Thank you all so, so very much. Davis, do you have anything else? Uh, my voice made it, and I'm going to bed. <laughs> man i really pre- i gave you an out i asked are you sure you can make it and you said yes so i could do it i said okay i did it i really appreciate it man thank you so much for for hanging in there all right guys thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time comes a snap three two one boom man that was a you know it's a lot of bass on that boom <laughs> i'm gonna have to edit this out of the recording but that was a an arousing boom like that, that deep like you get that 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 barry white kind of voice going on edit right? it out edit it out that's the title of the episode arousing boom <laughs> that was an arousing arousing boom arousing boom well gosh i'm gonna have to get the the dock up to make the Okay. <laughs> Arousing, Arousing boom. boom. It was. You got that yeah. you got that uh, that Isaac Hayes voice kind of going on and I liked it.